Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a beautiful day in the Las Vegas desert where just anything, anything can happen. This car is great. Appreciate all the hard work. We're going to have a good race here. We're going to do this. Be smart. Have a great day. Way to go kick the butt. Yes, sir. Got to keep it on speed here. Fight together for 267 laps. Got a pretty fast car, so have fun. Be safe. I don't have a pick for you. I'm going to have to ask you to ride it out. One car goes for a big slide. Stay in here so they don't pop. You got it. You got it. You're fine. Hit road open. Bring it to us. Three, two, one. Go, go, go. We just got a penalty. He did. We had a right front tire roll through the 17 pit box. We all Rolling. Rolling. Green, green, green. New race leader is Bowman. He'll ease ahead of Byron. Clear by one, second lane. All good here. Be smart here. Get our point. Screen check. Alex Bowman picking up the stage win. Easy. Easy. Hey, we've come a long way in that first stage there. Don't tear us stuff up. Team just tried to wreck us after the stage checker. Use this man I tried covering the top down the straightaway. And everybody out here does that. Yeah, he's just mad because he's already wrecked one this week. 34, 8 out, 6 to 2. Green flag is back out. Watch these two. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Damn it. Uh, we hit pretty hard, Travis. Sorry, bro. The fourth hit, man. Yeah, different. Trouble! Turn four Ooh. this time. Hold the brake. Hold the brake, hold the brake, hold the brake. Kill, Brett. Moron. Sorry about that, guys. Just gotta try not to get wrecked like these guys have been on old tires. Every switch is starts on you at the box. Going on him. Ross Chastain will lead them back to the line. Larson for the lead against Ross Chastain. Oh, boy! Clear, clear. Put an off on him. Plenty of room right here. Good save. Shake it off. Still 34 to go. Plenty of time. Right to you. Pushing you. Diver, you wreck you there. Stay below it. Stay below it. Clear high. No one wrecking out ahead. It must be old somewhere. We're in the wall here. We're in the wall. We got a flat right front. It's on the rim. 
feel my feet. The floorboard is shaking so bad. My butt and all my legs and feet are going completely numb. Hold you here. Good start. Inside, in and out, in and out. Top's clear. Whoa! Oof. No damage. Tires are down. But I'm rolling, bouncing like a sucker, though. Nice and easy. Can't lose a lap. I can't go very fast here. If you need another jack, grab it. He went to the wall there. Clear. Clear by one. Green checker. It's Watermelon Man, Ross Chastain. A lot of racing left. Get us another good restart. Hang in there till the end. It's chasing my ass a little bit here. Still too loose. No, I'm actually like a little too tight. Sorry about sound shifted. Caution valve. Caution valve. You got no gears anywhere? No. We think you broke something over your end. We're done. Take this power. Kyle Busch leads him back to green. Trust me, that's how you were just going to lose the leader. You're better than him at one and two. Kyle Busch just ran his fastest lap of the race. Coming to three to go here. Just keep working. Oh! Eric Jones. The yellow flag will come out. Jones back up the racetrack. Watch him come back across. Check up, check up, check up. Check up. Aye, 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 aye. Easy, easy. That 23 hit the wall really hard on the inside. Pushing for a short run. Come here, green white checker. Nothing. It's really good on the short run. Kyle Larson leads them off pit road. Larson took two tires. Two tires on those guys in front of you there, the Hendrick guys. Probably going to choose the top here. I think we take front row either way. 18's on four. He's going to shove the out of you. You focus on that five. Let's go to fours right here. Good start here. Green white checker. Just you and him still out there dragging his camp. Here's your white. Nothing behind you guys by four. This is a two-horse race. Who's it going to be? Bowman edges ahead. Get back to the bottom, back to the bottom. You're damn right, baby. The same guy that backs into every Oh, yeah, boy. Come on, that. Really proud of you guys today. Really, really good job, guys. Can't thank you guys enough. It's another episode of TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with Mike Haig from RaceDaySA.com. Uh, there you have it, the radioactive this or past week, courtesy of NASCAR on Fox, I should say. And uh, you can always find those on Twitter. And also each week they post them up on YouTube as well. In that one, of course, the biggest talk of the week was Kyle Busch basically backing up Denny Hamlin. Remember Denny Hamlin uh, last season called Alex Bowman a hack? And then Alex Bowman came out with some really cool-ass T-shirts from it. Uh, now Kyle Busch uh, basically saying that this effing bleep, 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 bleep backs into wins and this and this and this. We're going to listen to uh, what well, we heard that audio. We're going to listen to what Alex Bowman had to say here in just a few. Mike Haig, uh, this week, Eric Almarola. We heard it there in the radioactive. Eric Amarola was the victim of the I can't feel my legs from my seat deal. I guess that's going on now with these. I don't know if they've changed the seats or something now with this car or what the situation is. But now we have Eric Amarola who couldn't feel his legs during the race. Yeah, that's been a problem uh, with with the feeling. But, you know, the car is new and, and things are in different setups right now, you know, and the seats need to be adjusted still and. Danica talked about that, and uh, but I tell you, Don, uh, what a race we had at Las Vegas on Sunday, man! That was a great race. But you know what happened to me? Hmm. I had to record the race because I couldn't watch it live. Uh huh. So I was going back 
playing through. I would fast forward through the commercials and I was going down to the very end of the race, 10 laps to go and it stops. Oh yeah. Cause it went over, went over and I didn't set it to, to record over the, I was like, man, <laughs> and I didn't, I stayed off of social media. I didn't want to know who won or what happened. I wanted to watch it. And I had to turn on the uh, the uh, laptop and call up the the stories and read what happened. But uh, I, I missed I missed the good part. I ended up going back and watching it earlier in the week. But uh, man, I, I I need to not do that again because uh, I really messed up <laughs> messed up on Sunday. Yeah, I always set like to record like the next show after. Yeah. I usually record like an hour after. Uh, just in case that happens. After 30 years or 33 years of doing this, you, you would think I would have learned that by now. <laughs> well, another amazing crowd. I mean, Vegas was oh, packed. Yeah. Great. And three races and three different winners so far. Yep. Three. We're off to a great start, Don. We are. And I think, I mean, this week at Phoenix, you're going to get a little taste, a little a little tasty little morsel of what you may see for the final race of the season when they're racing the championship race there again in Phoenix. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Phoenix is a fun, fun track uh, to watch these guys out. And we'll, we'll definitely be doing our preview and giving our picks here in a little bit on that. Definitely. You know, I was looking at the results uh, after the, uh, when I finally, you know, found out who won and what <laughs> happened, but uh, you know, Bowman gets the win. Kyle Larson second, get this Ross Chastain, you know, he leads a race high, 83 laps, finishes third. Mm -hmm. What a great finish for him. Kyle Busch, all the drama with him and the frustration he had on Saturday and they w what they went to a backup car. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, heard call over the radio and everything that, you know, him ranting and raving and everything. But it's just, still, he gets a fourth place finish and he's fifth in the point standings. I know this guy wants a, a win, but um, he uh, he's still there. He's st I still think he's doing really well this year considering all the stuff that he's battled. But just let me just give you the top 10 real quick. William Byron, fifth. Eric talked about you know, the legs and going numb and everything. He finishes a strong six. Tyler Redder, seventh. Martin Tricks, junior, eighth. Chase Elliott, ninth. And Chris Bell, Christopher Bell, tenth, uh, in the tenth spot. And Don, just looking through the field, you know, and the points and everything. Um, we uh, we still have some drivers like Denny Hamlin, who's all the way down in 30th. That, that, who would have thought after three races – he would be that far down in the point standings. Well, I mean, you heard him. What he thought he was like, park this shit. I mean, or basically, I don't. I don't remember his exact quote, but yeah, he was livid with that car. That's what I love about uh, the season so far this year. You know, I'm looking at the points right now, and I'm seeing names that I normally. I, I, mean, I know I mentioned this last week, but I, there's names that I normally don't see up in the top half of the point standings, and and I mean, you know, there's some of these guys are doing great this year, and. And I, I just hope this trend continues because it's the, the playing field is definitely level. And, uh, you know, guys like Bubba Wallace were three races in. He's in 10th place in the point standings, having an outstanding season despite what happened there toward the end of the race with him, you know, on Sunday. Yeah, and he he was running. Now, he started out way in the back, and he ended up, I think he was running up in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. And then when the Eric Jones spin happened, and Eric came back up the track, and I just Bubba had nowhere to go and, and got 
clipped him basically the other thing uh, the other person that uh, it was just a bad circumstance just in the wrong place at the wrong time was uh daniel suarez he got taken out early and so to see that because he was running really really well again as uh also so track house racing you know has to be happy with the way that the 99 car has been running and then to watch like you said to watch uh ross chastain the watermelon man and and what he did definitely that team has got to be happy with with what they're putting out there on the track yeah they've they they're putting a good car out there and some of these uh t- these smaller teams that you know i think they figured out this car already they're starting to figure it out and and that's why they're doing so well and some of the bigger teams you think that have it figured out uh they're still you know there's this big struggle going on so um I just can't wait to see, like at Phoenix, you know, the track's a little smaller than Vegas, and um, what kind of race we're going to have. That you know, the way they fan out going through the, through the that one turn, and we always see a lot of passing there, and and a lot of close side by side racing. I think I'm, I think, and I hope this car is going to really prove to be a, a car to put on the track for this race. I, I can't wait for this Sunday to see how it all turns out. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the car here in a little bit um, with some audio. Kyle Busch gave his opinion on the car. Uh, we'll hear that. He was giving his opinion on everything. So after the race, so, uh, we'll we'll hear from him. But first of all, we heard from him and his opinion on Alex Bowman getting the win. But then a couple of days later, I think it was, it's uh, Coyla Joy does a podcast called Stacking Pennies, I believe is what it's called. And Alex Bowman was on there. And Alex uh, was asked a very interesting question, Mike. And I think you have the audio. Yeah, here it is. Your favorite flavor of m Ah. I don't know. All the M&Ms I've been around lately have been salty, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Coil of Joy like that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. That's a great that's a great one. It's a great line. I could see uh a t-shirt being made with that phrase on there or something, you know? Well, he came out with another shirt this week uh, in, in reference to, I guess, what Kyle had to say to him. But then he, you know, he he discussed, he was on, or later on in the week with Sirius XM. You know, they always have the winners of each race on. And, and he discussed the incident with Kyle Busch, among a few other things. And I know you've got the audio for that as well. Yeah, so let's hear what he had to say. I think it's pretty situational. Um you know, I, the way my career's kind of went, like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not that guy that's going to get looked at as this amazing race car driver. And I'm not sometimes going to get credit that I feel like I might deserve, but, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. Like I talked to Kyle Monday night and he was just mad to have lost the race. Like, like he wasn't mad at me. I didn't do anything to him. Kyle and I have always raced each other with respect and, uh, he was just mad that, that he lost the race, and I was the the one on the other end of the rant. Obviously, Kyle's really passionate, and um, we've seen that from him for for a long time. And uh, I was I was in the the fire on that one, but um, you know he he basically uh, said he was just mad about about losing the race and didn't mean to be so disrespectful to me. So um, you know that's one thing. And as far as Denny goes, like. I crashed him. Like I, I got loose and screwed up and crashed him. Like I, I understand him being mad about that. I think Denny got super personal and crossed all the lines, but um, at the same time, like I, I understand why he was mad. So it is what it is and it's part of it. And being able to turn those things into a positive, um, obviously the, the hack shirts, we, 
uh, were able to buy all my all my team guys Martinsville clocks and then donate the rest to best friends. And then um, with this shirt this time, we're donating 18% to a local shelter. So cool to be able to raise some money for uh, homeless pets. And um, it's been fun to see all the, the fan interaction with the teachers. We're definitely selling a lot of them. And there you go, Don. So uh, he, uh, time before they bought those clocks and that's pretty cool. Yeah. By all your crew members, you know, Martinsville clock. I'd like to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, hook a brother up, Alex. Now, let me ask you, Mike, is Alex Bowman delusional? Why? To, well, to think that Kyle calling and apologizing and Kyle saying that it was just it was just a race. It, it was nothing personal. It was just a race. That's like a drunk person just going off and telling you, you no, know, the truth always comes out when you're angry or when you're drunk. That's the two times that and, and I'm sorry, I, I don't think it was just the race. I mean, Kyle was pretty adamant about it it wasn't like you know beep 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 we lost this race and i'm so pissed it was alex bowman is backs his way into wins effing this effing that i mean it was straight and what i don't get is what's the difference because he said there in the interview that what what denny hamlin said when he called him a hack and stuff was going was really like out of bounds and went personal yeah but dude just said on the on the scanner that you basically back your way into all the wins that you have no talent and you've gotten your wins out of luck basically what's the difference why is it okay that oh because kyle said he was sorry yeah i i don't know about all that i mean i think alex is a pretty good driver and if he wasn't hendrick wouldn't have him in the 48 car you know basically that was jimmy's car yeah. jimmy's number Jimmy Sponsor. He's doing well, and um, he's a driver to keep your eye out on as a possible contender for the championship this year. You know, he's in the in the playoffs, and I, th- I think he's going to go far this year. Yeah, I, well, it, it's possible. Now, before we hear, Alex did go on to talk about his win and, you know, some other things during the post-race uh, pressers. But before we hear that, they did talk to Kyle Busch. There were several guys. So I'm not quite sure. It's not Bob asking the questions. I'm not quite sure who it is. I just found the audio up on Twitter. So there was, it was like, you know, how they do the bullpen there. So there was several reporters there. So I'm not sure if they were local guys or who. I didn't recognize the voice. Um, but they asked Kyle a couple questions about the finish and, and where they were and, and, and going into that, uh, into the green-white checker. And then he's going to give you his opinion on the new car, what he thinks. So here's Kyle Busch post-race. They rode for a pit stop and our guys did a great job before tire stop. We were the first ones off with four. Um, but there was the Hendrick cars that took two. So there was three of them plugged up the front row, which gave them a shot to be able to go race for a win on a green-white checker. So uh, they had the right strategy. They did the right thing to uh, block out the, the rest of the competition behind them. Did you think you had a shot there on those last two laps or being fine? I did, yes. I did think I had a shot. I thought four would prevail, um, but obviously not. I know you didn't have time in your primary, but how did you, how was that car considering all the work that had to be done on it today? It was fine. They're all the same. They're bought at Walmart. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I tell you, if they sell them at Walmart, I want, I want one. Right. <laughs> I, want one aisle, I go down and I want, I want to buy one. Well, here's my, I like 
my thinking, Mike, is I guess he it's heat of the moment. He, you know, he yeah. didn't mean what he said to Alex Bowman. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe he did, he doesn't mean what he said about the car. Maybe he doesn't feel like they're Walmart specials and all, you know, the same uh, cookie cutter cars. I, I don't I don't know. But it, it's funny because when he was talking there for a few minutes, Mike, what I heard is I, I kind of thought, wow, let's sort of because I mean, after coming from where he was, like he was pissed, he was conducting himself like actually doing the interview he wasn't being a sarcastic prick he you know he was he was being just a, a normal guy a normal and giving you normal answers and then and and he didn't take swipes at Alex Bowman again he didn't say anything else you know it was it was just that left there and then, and then there was that so I think it was a shot at NASCAR I do too but I'm wondering is it out of frustration that's the thing Mike is oh. I, how frustrated these guys are that are so used to things coming easy to them and it's not coming so easy. And I kind of like it. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it, Don. I think this is what we've needed. You know, uh, the, everybody is talking about leveling the playing field. And, and I think we need this. this is good for the sport. The fans are engaged right now. It's keeping them wondering and they're excited about what they're, they're, they're seeing. Wait till we get to the road courses. Wait wait till we get back to Talladega. Even even some of these uh, other tracks like Dover and, and uh, Martinsville. I mean, I, I think we're going to see some intense racing. And it's some of these guys that normally don't win, win and get in the playoffs. And, and the and guys like Kyle Busch doesn't win soon. He's going to really have the, the pressure on him. I mean, what the hell are we going to see at Bristol here in a few weeks on dirt? <laughs> Which, by the way, that news came out this week that the track is already ready. It's ready ahead of schedule. So they got the dirt ready to go. Hopefully we don't get any torrential rains like we did last time, or last year with that. Um, okay. But back to, back to this, we'll wrap up here with Alex Bowman doing his post-race press conference and talking about the, the victory and stuff, correct? Yeah, Alex talks about... The importance of getting the win early in the season, and then, then what he thinks of the car, how how we're four races or we're going to be four races in now, and how the the car they've adapted to the new car and the changes that they've seen so far. So here's what he had to say uh, Sunday. Yeah, especially with how we started the year, um, you know, obviously Daytona and Fontana didn't go well for us. So uh, happy to be able to get a win this early. Um, the strength of the Hendrick cars this early has been great, and you know it's. Like you said, there's so many unknowns this year. There's a lot going on. So uh, excited to have the rest of the year to keep dialing these things in and, and be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that it's getting better, right? Like uh, from where we started to where we are now, really even where we started Fontana to where we are now, I think the, the cars have gotten better. Uh, the teams have gotten better at, at preparing them. And um, yeah, I mean, there are things that are we're race car drivers. We don't want everything that we touch in the entire car to change all of a sudden. And, um, the pedals are weird. The steering's way different. The seating position's different. Like absolutely everything that I do as a race car driver has completely changed. Um, historically I've loved loose race cars, cried like a little girl when I'm tight. Um, I now have to figure out how to drive a, a tight race car cause I can't, um, I can't make a loose race car work anymore. So there's a lot of, figure out new things and, and it is hard. Um, but, but yeah, I think the, the car is doing what it's supposed to and the races have been great. Uh, Fontana historically was always won by like this big margin and 
Uh, now we've got close races each and every week, and it's been really, really good. And Don, I thought you made a good point there, you know, about these close races here, like at Fontana. This is what the fans have wanted for many, many years, you know, because yeah, it's kind of boring to see a car, you know, have a whole straightaway lead over the field at the finish line. And, and you want to see some close finishes, and that's what we're getting. And the, this, the adjustments they're making to the cars, like he said, you know, they're they're learning things. And, and he, uh, I like the comment about him crying like a girl. <laughs> I was, he, he should have taken a swipe and said he looked crying like a like a little Kyle Bush, but no, never mind. Um, you know, here's what got me like really stoked about this race is, OMG, is this what we could possibly see at Texas? I mean, wow. are we gonna possibly get good? good racing at these mile and a half, you know, consistent good racing at the mile and a half tracks. I mean, Vegas normally does give us some good racing, but let's face it. I mean, there's times where they get strung out and stuff. And I don't know, you usually have all the information. I don't, but I I don't know what the passing was, you know, for the lead and stuff for this race. I'm going to assume that it was probably pretty decent. I know we had a, you know, a few leaders in it. It gets me excited because there, there has been mile and a half track races where we've had like one leader. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, or two, and that's it. I do know that we had 23 lead changes among 15 drivers. Wow. That, that's that's great. And there were, um, see, I don't have the how many green flag passes there were. I don't have that stat with me, but um, but that's good, you know. 15 different drivers changing the lead 23 different times during the race. Tells you right there that it's hard to stay up front, and you're going to get a pass. And, you know, the competition is tight and, and very strong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things besides the cars that may be going to Phoenix or that were in Vegas that may be going to Phoenix is Danica Patrick was in the booth in Vegas and she'll also be in the booth in Phoenix. And, you know, Mike, I mean, again, here, I'm going to channel my inner Kyle Busch and go on a rant here, but I just get so tired of the same old same. And, And you and I, we talked on Monday, I think it was. And, and we always do this. We talk, and while we're talking, you're like, we should be recording, damn it. And yeah. I think it's because I get on a roll. Like, I, ju- I just get on a rant. No, I want to secretly record that. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I don't know if, I mean, I, I can get away here and, you know, every now and again with dropping a, a, a curse word or so. But when you and I are on the phone, I'm just going, you know, like I'm in my zone and I'm just going. But seriously, I, and I'm going to go back and use one of the quotes that I quoted to you, but... Like, are we critiquing Mike Joy, Clint Boyer's outfits and, and shit like we are no. on Twitter critiquing that, you know, people saying Danica looked like she had just come from a, a funeral or I'm like, last time I checked, Mike Joy ain't looking like he stepped out of a GQ magazine. On the, In fact, I saw a picture on Twitter, Mike, after we talked about that. I saw a picture on Twitter and Mike's sitting there in a blue suit, like blue dress pants. And he had a, a you know, they always have their jackets with them, but a blue shirt and tie and I look down and he's got on black socks and like these black old man like Kmart looking tennis shoe you know like the you remember those old man tennis shoes that's what oh, yeah. he had on and we're gonna critique we're worried about what the hell shirt Danica had on an awesome skirt too that nobody happened to see unless they saw her down on pit road earlier oh, um, and then I told you the only thing that I had a problem with is I was like damn could y'all just get her like a little like a little box to stand on so she doesn't look like she's 12 years old standing next to the men I'm, I'm like good lord she looks so tiny and there's just something about first of all I like to hear I like hearing the female voice in there I do um yeah. and and I'm down if y'all want to put Jamie Little up there for a race or something you know although she does pit road but I'm she does a great job on Fridays or whatever or Saturday when she's in the or Saturdays I think it is during the Xfinity series she does a great job but Mike 
you know, Danica is technical. She can speak technical terms. She's driven on these tracks in both IndyCar and in a NASCAR. And, you know, I got to hear, oh, yeah. And people still taking shots while they're taking a shot at Danica. We'll throw Bubba in there and take a shot at Bubba because that's like our two favorite things. Let's let's take shots at the at the chick and the black guy. The black guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just it, it just pisses me off because there was lots of things that she was saying that were so relevant that even Clint Boyer was like, a great point. You know, that's a great point, Danica. I didn't even think of it that way or I didn't think. And I mean, let's face it, there's not a lot of love lost there between Clint Boyer and Danica Patrick. She talked about, you know, whenever there's a wreck, let go of the wheel and why, why she would do that, you know, during the, in the, in the, uh, in the car series. And she started doing that in NASCAR and the importance is, and she talked about, this new car, the steering wheel, the way it's designed and stuff, you, you really want to do it because she said it could snap your wrist. Mm-hmm. If you get your wrist caught up in the in the wheel. She also talked about the uh, the, the the seats and uh, and how uh, like in any car, you know, you have to be fitted and everything, and it takes time to to get you know the right adjustments. And then when she went over to the NASCAR. That was a whole different type of feel uh, with the adjustments you have to make with the pedals in in the in, in your seat and your steering and everything. There's a lot that goes into it, and, and that that explains why some of these guys were having numbness in their legs. And and Tyler Reddick talked about it last week as well. He's kind of figured that out now, and, and he's still making some adjustments. So it's it's going to take time. But Danica brought a whole different dynamic uh, to the broadcast the other day, the other day that it was different than Tony Stewart. I thought Tony did a good job. I thought Danica did a good job. And, you know, Matt Kenseth did a good job. It's I think it's great that they're changing these drivers out, these former drivers, and because um, it just adds to the broadcast. And I just think it's it's good for, for Fox and what they're doing. Yeah, and one of the main things that Danica talked about, or, well, I thought that I took away from it, is she talked about the shifter. And, and again, you know, they talked, it was Clint that kind of started to talk about the, you know, that they're having to go five gears now, I guess it is, instead of the four gears before. The H pattern. Yeah, and, and, and he, and she said, she's the one that said, that's how we drive it in IndyCar, and it's so much easier. And that's when Clint was like, wow, I didn't even think about that, you know, because again, Clint hasn't driven that, I mean, that's not how he raced and stuff. And so, I mean, that's something that Danica has the experience in, and just yeah. To hate her because you hate her because you know she was a girl or whatever. I it's just like, can you yeah. just find one thing not to bitch about one week, NASCAR no. fan? It just ugh. But it's the same fans that are bitching about everything. Yeah. You know, you could have you know uh, a two hundred lap race and a and a and a new leader on every lap leading the race, and they'd still bitch about it because their driver didn't lead enough or whatever, but you know, but whatever. I mean, I, I just dismiss these, these, these people because I just get tired of it. And it, to me, it's just not relevant to yeah. really what's going on. But, um, but I learned, you know, you talk about the, the shifter. I had no idea that they went to this different shifter mm-hmm. until situation with, with, uh, Denny Hamlin and what happened there. And I, I, I actually, as a writer and a fan of the sport, I learned something that these new cars had. And I kind of compared it to, well, okay, that makes sense because the NHRA Pro Stock car, that's the kind of shifter they have on the, on the car. I knew that. So I think we're all learning as we go along with this new car, but it, it, but it's great to have somebody like Danica to bring that element into the broadcast to, to explain that to the fan like me or someone else who doesn't really know they made that change. 
Right. And I mean, and and I told you, well, you and I both said this. I said, I know people want to throw up there, you know, well, she didn't have any wins and she didn't have this. And I'm like, okay, well, Clint Boyer was never a champion. I mean, he won a couple of, you know, he won a few races, but I, what what does that matter anymore? You know, it, it just leave it alone. And and so, like you said, I, I do like what she brought to the to the broadcast. She brought up some different points of asking Clint. She brought up great conversation with Clint instead of it just being like, OK, here, you talk, you talk, you talk, you know, like the tennis match. She was asking questions. She was throwing out um, hypotheticals like, do you think this is what we may see here? Because this is what the car used to do on this track or in any. Oh, and that was the other thing. People, I wish she would stop talking about IndyCar. And it's like, well, what the hell? She has experience in both. And she's explaining what these cars can do uh, or the different ways that you react and this kind of thing. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I just think I think people don't like it because a she knows her shit and that bothers people. It's always threatening when a woman too knows her shit that it's it's a lot of men out there complaining. The women I saw complaining were the ones bitching about what the hell she was wearing. And I'm like, shut <laughs> up. God bless America. So. Bikini may be bitching. Ex- <laughs> Well, they already did. They bitched about that, too. You had her in the shower, you know, in the GoDaddy commercials. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's bitching like, about sh- that. They're not showing enough. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. And then Dawn about her talking about bringing any car in. There's a lot of fans last week that were watching the race, you know? Yeah. Uh, any, any car fans. So, again, crossover group of people that come over from another sport. I know it's racing, but to explain NASCAR and versus any car and the differences and stuff like that 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 again just adds to the dynamic of the broadcast i think it makes it a lot better i do too knocked it out of the park is the way i'd look at it if my if i had to critique it my my only critique would be a i don't think she talked enough you know she was really (laughs) relatively quiet but i guess it's because you know she knows she's the third there so it needs to be mike and clint and then she would chime in and stuff but i think i think we'll hear more from her at phoenix i mean phoenix was her home track as as well so she's very familiar with with phoenix and and now she's got a week under her belt too with the two of them so you know the chemistry will be a little bit better i thought the same thing and early in the like the first segment of the of the race i thought is Danica ever going to say anything? Because she was <laughs> awfully quiet those first maybe 20, 30 laps. And then, then she warmed up and got, got into the flow. And then, man, toward the end of the race, you know, until it got cut off when I was watching it, she was adding a lot to the, to the broadcast. Well, suck it, hater. She's back for another week. And so, uh, so we'll listen to Danica there in the booth uh, with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. Uh, before we do our, well, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of IndyCar as well here. And before we do our Phoenix uh, preview, there was a couple of topics in the news this week. I know that Atlanta, which I think is where we go next after Phoenix, Atlanta, they're talking that they may likely have the double yellow line rule in place. And now, you know, again, Mike, this isn't your, this isn't your grandpa's Atlanta. We're going to a brand new uh, track yeah. remember that after the race i mean they didn't even barely got the damn cars off the track and the fans out of the stands before they were tearing that thing up so we got a brand new atlanta should be very interesting to see how these cars run on that track and then of course if they put that double yellow line rule into effect kind of interesting uh, that's gonna really make it interesting about atlanta just real quick dawn uh-huh. i'm really excited about seeing uh what the new configuration and, and you know and the paving is is like and and how these cars react to that track because you know in the past Atlanta's always been a very fast track like like Texas Motor Speedway and um, so I think we're gonna be in store for uh, maybe a pretty darn good uh, race when we get there. 
I agree with you. And and then in NASCAR, we had some a couple of big moves as far as up at the the top of the level. I know uh, Steve O'Donnell was moved to a different position now, or is he he's moved up again? Yeah, they've kind of redefined their their roles. He and Ben Kennedy, mm-hmm. and they had a press conference today, and uh, there's been a lot of stories and things coming out. Um, I, I, I have the audio on, on my website. And, uh, so if you want to listen to it, the press conference, feel free to go check it out at racedayessay.com. And, uh, you can hear it's about a 16 minute interview and, uh, the re, uh, reporters asked some really good questions. And, um, and so they're kind of redefining the roles and job responsibilities a little bit. And, uh, there's, uh, been several stories that have come out by different media outlets about possibility of a, of a streetcar race in Chicago, actually, mm-hmm. they're looking at, and they're also looking at the, the NASCAR schedule to see do they have the, the right races placed in the right order and are in the right markets, and are they going to, you know, benefit out of going to these races at a certain time of the year and make sure they're going to draw enough fans and conflicts with other sports that are going on. At that particular time, there's a lot of stuff they talked about in that interview. So I think it's good that NASCAR is kind of refocusing the job responsibilities for these guys. And um, I think in the long run, it's going to benefit decisions that they make going forward. I do too. Well, and again, we already talked about Bristol. That was some some big news there. Some yeah. news, big news that broke early in the week. Sad news, actually, and it kind of is affecting. Right now, we're recording. It's Friday evening. The ARCA race is on. And when I a little bit before the ARCA race started, I can tell you. Well, let me back up. There was an accident on the way in from North Carolina into Phoenix. It actually happened right here in Texas. Um, right outside of Dallas, I believe. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, near Longview, Texas. Yeah, yeah, on I twenty. Um, Stephen Stotes, he's the hauler driver for David Gilliland Racing, um, his ARCA team. He was killed in a crash on Tuesday morning. Fifty four years old. He was driving the hauler as it was heading to Phoenix. According to the Texas Department of Public Safety, he failed to maintain the speed of the hauler and ran into a trailer towed by a Honda Passport. The impact from the crash sent the team hauler into the center median and it caught fire. Two passengers that were in the hauler, John Zavero and Michael Mazzelli, were treated and released from a local hospital, according to the team. And Bob Pachris tweeted out uh, some a photo and overhead shot and that hauler was destroyed. And the interesting Bad. thing is, you know, they really debated on continuing racing. I heard David Gilliland, he sat down today for a few minutes with Claire B. Lang and I listened to that on my way in or home from work today I was listening to him on air with her and he was talking about they had their car ready for Pensacola so they had basically had to get that down there to to Phoenix they were able to do that they went racing because they knew that that's what the team probably needed there the names of, of all three members are on the 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 car and at the time of us recording, before the race started, their team qualified second and was going to be starting from the second position there on the on the grid. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But gosh, terrible news. I mean, you hate to hear that. I know David Gilliland has said, Mike, during the interview when he was talking to Claire, he was really choked up. It was really hard for him to, to get through it. But he said that the one thing that... He said it's sad that it takes these kind of things for for them to realize these that this is the situation and why they love racing as much as they do is when things like this happens, 
the competition side of, of it all goes away. And all of the teams, every team out there re- reached out to them and said, what do you need? Do you need parts? Do you need this? What do, you know, Because they lost everything that was in that hauler. And yeah. so he said, even teams that he didn't even think that would do it because, you know, they're, they're a very competitive team. They're in the Arca series as well. And he said, you know, that some of their steepest competition was the first ones to reach out. And he said, that's the thing about the racing community, that it's sad that sometimes you have to be reminded of that, that it takes a situation like that to remind us how close, though, and really and truly how we all in the racing community are like family at times. and. And no matter what happens, we we tend to be there for each other. You're right, Don. It's a big family. And uh, I saw that early on on the local level. Uh, all the years that I covered local racing, drivers coming together, like if there was uh, somebody that, you know, got in a bad crash or was hospitalized or or there was some kind of tragedy in the family and um, with a wreck or a loss of somebody, the love and support, everybody comes together, whether it be helping them, you know, financially or trying to get, you know, parts for the cars, like you said. And that's what's just great about racing is the competition on the track is, you know, always extremely fierce and tough. But when they're all, everything's said and done, um, the guys come together and they're a big racing family. And a lot of these crew guys, they all know each other and they, you know, they're around each other week in and week out. So you form a bond, you know, we know different crew members that are, we're friends with, and we see how they interact with their fellow crewmates. And, and um, it just, uh, it's sad when something like this happens, um, but it is great to see the, everybody come together and with the love and support in, in a time of need like this. That entire team, their crew, everyone, and of course the families of uh, the two passengers that were treated and released, my understanding, um, I, th- I believe they've been released from the hospital. But of course, with the Stotes family who lost uh, their husband, father, uh, and I, I heard David talk about his children are huge racing fans. So sad, very sad situation mm-hmm. there. Mike, I know too, before we switch over now, I really quick NHRA, I know you, you told oh, us last yeah. week that they are going to, that we've got the Gator Nationals coming up, right? I'm laughing about the Gator Nationals. It ought to be called the Water Nationals because they're underwater right now in Gainesville. They have been plagued with rain and <laughs> Oh, man, I tell you, the last two days have not been good for the NHRA. They haven't had a single car go down the track. Mm. Today's races were rained out. Uh, tomorrow, tonight, it's supposed to freeze. They're going to have a like a freeze in Gainesville, and then it's going to get up in, like, in the high 70s tomorrow. You talk about a temperature swing. But I understand they have a 75% chance of thunderstorms tomorrow. And tomorrow's already Saturday. That's when the qualifying should wrap up. So I don't know how they're going to get all this qualifying in. They haven't even had the, the sportsman cars race yet. And the pro the pro classes, you know, will get the priority. But um, they may be finishing this race Monday or Tuesday of next week. They don't get this race started and clear the weather out. But not looking good for the Gator Nationals this weekend. Well, you know, we had this just weird weather. This, like, last minute, okay, well, just when you think spring's here. Yeah. Down there in San Antonio, I know it's cold, too. We were 70, almost 80 degrees the other, um, when was it? Not yesterday, the day before. And then the cold front came through. And then today we had, you know, sleet and snow flurries 
throughout the day. It was just ridiculous. It's so damn cold. I'm like, I'm, my damn plants are tired of me bringing them in and putting them in the garage. It's like, okay, I think, I think you, little babies on Sunday, I can put you out for good. I really do think y'all can stay out after Sunday. I think the cold weather will be, but then again, we've got racing coming up. We're going to be up at uh, Texas Motor Speedway next week. So who knows what the hell could happen? Well, yesterday, Dawn, I was down on the San Antonio River Walk with my son and his girlfriend from college, and we were walking around. I was wearing shorts. It was sunny, high 70s. <laughs> Today I'm wearing the coat. <laughs> And tonight I'm covering the lemon tree again with the with the tarp, so it doesn't it doesn't freeze. We're supposed to be uh, 29, 28 degrees here in Floresville when I lived at Floresville, just south of San Antonio, and, and so what a temperature swing. But then I look on the forecast, and Monday we're going to be up in the in the in the 70s. But uh, looking at the long range forecast for the any car race at Texas Motor Speedway next Sunday, looking like it's going to be sunny and 75 degrees next Sunday. Oh, cool good. in the morning, but pretty decent. But dawn, this is an 11:30 a.m. start for any car. And I tell you, uh, I hope everyone who's listening has tickets because this could be the last any car race at Texas. Oh, don't tell me that. That makes me sad. Well, the the contract is is up and it has not been renewed yet for 2023 and there's strong rumors i was reading racer.com earlier tonight there's strong rumors that indycar uh, may be leaving um, the texas motor speedway uh, facility after this uh not coming back you know they put that pj1 compound down and uh it hasn't really produced very good races since they re- repaid the track and we're, we haven't seen very good crowds at this at this race over the over the last few years. I mean, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I'm hoping that the fact that it's a daytime race in the middle of the day will have a good race. Good, I'm hoping that you know they'll have good good uh, amount of people coming to the to the track. The crowd will be you know large, and um, maybe we'll keep this tradition going because we've had a lot of IndyCar races at Texas over the years. And I would, surely would hate to see this race fall off the uh, schedule and we're not seeing it uh, indycar is not at coda anymore right no yeah they only raced that one year yeah they raced one time at houston as well yeah, they had yeah they they were there for two years well they were there for they had a road race there around the uh astrodome and the nrg stadium and then it went away for a few years then i covered it when it came back maybe uh 10 years ago now i think it was it's been about 10 years since it, it was there they had it for they brought it back for two more years but then they lost the the contract contract to do it there it came down to money and everything and they, when they had it it was hot during the summer and it's just you know you got to have it at a time and using with the humidity and everything you have to have it at a time where you can get the people out you know and when it's decent but yeah the coda race just didn't draw the fans and it was a shame because those cars are good on a road course like that who knows yeah. may, maybe they'll come back coda at some point i don't i'm I'm worried about this race at uh, texas that this could be the last one I, I hate to say there was there was supposed to be a practice this week at texas and it got canceled because of weather <laughs> it was too damn cold yeah. and so jimmy johnson yeah jimmy johnson was there There was quite a few drivers were there we've got audio from several of them we're going to listen to some next week uh, where they're talking about racing on the on the track but Jimmy was there, and and this has been kind of the big story going around. I mean, you'll see it on JSKI and some other sites, of course. This will be the first season that, of course, Jimmy is gonna is doing full time. So he's racing on the ovals as well, and that immediately puts Jimmy in the 
up there as, as far as favorites. Uh, I mean, this guy knows Texas Motor Speedway better than probably a lot of these IndyCar drivers. He's he's tested there before, and he's tested at uh, at Indianapolis as well. So he feels comfortable in the car at Texas, and I think he's super excited. I think it's kind of, kind of rejuvenated him a little bit. You know, it's been a struggle for Jimmy in, in, in these Indy cars and stuff, and so I think he's really looking forward to coming here. Mike, you have some audio I know from um, from when he was here earlier in the week talking about racing at Texas. Yeah, and he talked on multiple subjects, so here's, uh, here's what he had to say. They had a little media press conference in the pit area, they weren't able to run because, like you said, it was too too cold. And uh, But here's what he had to say during that little press conference. I think these cars a mile and a half are always really entertaining to watch. Uh, I've enjoyed watching as a fan, but then in August was able to come and, and drive one myself and excited to get back on the track and feel the speed. Um, you know, I certainly have an opinion of how to get around here in a cup car and then to drive it in an Indy car at the pace, the performance, um, even shifting around here. There's just a lot of subtle differences that, that make it really entertaining and fun to drive in an Indy car, and I'm looking forward to my first race here. I haven't noticed a change yet. Uh, you know, Today was supposed to be the day to um, really kind of step in that direction towards my full-time running. Uh, unfortunately, the weather's not cooperating. We don't have the, the, the air temp and track temp that we need, and then we also have some weepers on the track. So um, delaying my, uh, my, my true introduction into full-time, but I'm very excited for it and uh, very optimistic about my performance for the ovals. And from a driver's standpoint, you know, the, the cars are so different. Um, you are in an open-wheel vehicle, and where you look to make speed and, and to kind of pass and overtake is in a different spot on the track. So there is a different flow on track than what I've experienced in NASCAR. You know, NASCAR, if you got frustrated with someone, you can go up there and use your bumper and, and kind of move them out of the way. These cars, it, it's just a different animal. Um, a lot more blocking than there really is the offensive use of your car to kind of create a spot and to create overtaking. It's never been about, well, I guess maybe at some point I had something to prove, but in my heart of hearts, I've just loved racing. And I started on two wheels, been on many, you know, in many different vehicles on four now trying indie cars i just i love competing i love racing i love uh love being in a race car and uh, being in that 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 moment that experience and the thrill that comes with it all so uh, i just love it can't can't step away and there you go don so he like i said he talked about it in multiple you know different topics there but uh he is real excited about uh racing at texas uh he's won a lot of times on in nascar here he knows the track he uh, knows his way around this facility and um i look forward to seeing them run uh, they did they did have a uh, test session yesterday at the track there were some other drivers that came uh, and I think Scott McLaughlin was the fastest in uh, the so-called practice that they had on the laps. I, I, I saw a story. I don't know what kind of qual uh, time that he ran, like, you know, like if it, if it were like qualifying, single lap, whatever. But he, uh, Scott McLaughlin did have the fastest time in practice. Or, or Well, yeah, so the testing, <laughs> whatever, yesterday. And so uh, uh, I think they're going to have another one maybe uh, Monday or Tuesday, depending on the weather and how hot it is. I'm a little concerned about something that I heard in that interview, okay? <laughs> Monday, now again, I'm about 40 minutes from Texas Motor Speedway, where I am, uh, where I live. I live on the other side of Denton's. So we got a little bit of rain. It was more cold, I think, on Monday than anything, but we... we we got a little bit of rain, but I don't recall a lot. So um, I'm a little concerned about these weepers 
issue because I thought that was taken care of a couple of years ago when we had when we reconfigured Texas. Part of the reason why they did all of that was to fix the weepers. So if I mean, it wasn't like torrential downpours or anything, Mike, not that I'm aware of, not up in the Fort Worth, Justin area, Um, at least. And it wasn't here. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. And then I'm guessing, I guess, for for testing sessions, they do things differently. But it kind of puzzled me, like, where you talk about the ambient temperature and the air temperature and stuff not being right. I'm like, well, why the hell should that matter? I mean, during a test, because you can't control that on a race day either. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I would think that you would just test as long as it's not. And and, I mean, IndyCar races in the rain too. So I don't, you know, I mean, I know maybe, I don't know about on ovals and stuff, but I don't know, but the weeper thing at Texas, that kind of bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me too because they spent millions of dollars repaving it, reconfiguring it, digging it up, changing the draining system. This is what Eddie Gossage, former president of the track, told us that they had fixed all that. We saw um, after they did the... uh, the configuration in the in the paving dawn, we saw uh, an event there. I was at least I was there for one of them where it did rain, but it, the track dried up pretty quickly. You might say afterwards they did have to use the, uh, the the Titan air dryers and the blowers and stuff, but the track did do what it was supposed to do. But now that things have settled, maybe they're back to the same problem they had before mm. with the with those weepers coming up where the water comes up through the concrete or asphalt. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to just touch base really quick, there was another kind of bigger press conference that took place also with IndyCar with AJ Foyt Racing. And so it was announced today, actually, that J.R. Hildebrand will be driving on all the oval races for AJ Foyt Racing. I believe in the number 11, I think, is what he's going to be uh, driving in. So, again, kind of tie. I mean, it's, it's IndyCar in general, but also – Tying it in, A.J. Foyt, Texas guy right there. And so then we'll see J.R. at Texas. That'll be his first race uh, in the A.J. Foyt Racing program. Yeah, Don, and he's done real well there before. He might – did he get a win there? I don't have my media guide, but I thought he either got a win one year that I covered the race or maybe finished like second. I know he – years ago, I think he had that National Guard sponsorship, I Mm -hmm. believe – and he, um, I remember him running really well there. So uh, keep an eye on him. You know, been, he's been out of the seat for a while. Uh, hasn't run in, in maybe a couple of years, whatever, at least that I, I that I can re- re- remember. But uh, I do know that he, he is a good driver on, on the oval tracks. And that's probably why they brought him on board for 2022. Yeah, definitely. Phoenix preview. Well, we've, we've already kind of talked about it a little bit. But, I mean, again, you know, short track, flat track. Um, you're going to get, you're going to see cars fan out and get all the way down there on the bottom. And it looks like they're, you know, getting ready to run into the, <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing how they get right. You know, some of them will go way, way, way down low and then come back up real high on that. Um, there's usually also Phoenix. It's funny because we usually have now apparently today they had picture perfect weather, but Phoenix is funny. Cause you either get out there and it's like super windy, um, there's also, I think it's right now is usually the time of year, I believe it is, unless it's the fall race. There's like this bug infestation, too. I've been out there when it was like, I mean, you couldn't stand outside one year I was there, and it was just, I was getting pelted with bugs. It was disgusting. But um, you always have, too, the issue with the sun setting there. And there's a going into, I believe it's turn one, uh, a lot of times where you just can't see. These drivers are racing blind a lot of times going into that turn. 
Yeah, and we have the uh, time change this weekend. Now, I'm not sure if the state of Arizona uh, honors the time or not, no. but still, it, when the sun starts to set, the glare on the windshield can be a p- very problematic for these guys. I didn't even realize that it was this weekend that's the time change. That's what I heard um, Saturday night. You're supposed to spring forward. Well, geez louise, great. Although some people like that, don't they? Because it stays... I love it. Yeah. yeah I, like, I like it when it stays... Lighter, longer in the evening. Yeah. Or later, whatever. Yeah, I hear That's, you. I like a, a longer day where what? I can do something outside. Not, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's getting dark. I feel like the right. day is over. <laughs> or like you're or myself driving home from work at 5.30 and it's pitch black. And you're like, no, 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 no. no. Wrong with- All right, Mike. Well, your picks. Who do you well, got? I'm changing everything up this week, Don. I'm going to go Martin Trex Jr. for the win. I'm going to go uh, my long shot driver. I'm going to go, uh, what the hell? I'm going to go Kevin Harvick. Okay. And then my really long shot driver, I'm going to go Harrison Burton. Oh, okay. Yeah, go with someone different. I need some good luck. I I did win twenty five dollars on a scratch off ticket earlier tonight. So you you Hags, y'all are lucky. And, and my daughter did too. We both hit twenty twenty five dollars on the, on this scratch off. We scored big time. Okay, bucks between the two of us. Random, ridiculous. Dawn thought so. Last week, remember me telling you about. Okay, I, I go down rabbit holes sometimes on YouTube. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I see one thing and then, you know, you do it on Facebook too. You watch a video and the next thing you know, like, you know, two hours later and you're into all these videos. But so on YouTube, there's oh, this no. guy from Texas. I think it's called Fixin' Scratch or something like the Fixin' Scratcher. Oh, my God. I got to look it up really quick. So remember I told you last week about me watching the Goodwill lady. Um, or the lady that goes to Goodwills and shops yeah. and stuff. Okay. And, and so like, as if that's not ridiculous enough. Yes. Here it, it's called fixing to scratch. Okay? okay. So if you find this guy and first of all, he's great. He's got this great rooster, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I think his name is Morty or something. I can't remember what his name, Mortimer, Mortimer, I think is it. And so while he's scratch, he sits outside and literally the camera is just like, you never see him. You see his hand and the ticket And, like, this dude, like, every day is buying – okay, so I'm looking right now, and he bought 370 – today he bought $375 in lotto tickets. But usually it's, like, $150, $175 in lotto tickets, and he scratches them, and you watch him scratch them, and he's talking while he's scratching them, and that's it. But he has, like, these things where he, like – He'll tell you the number of the tickets, you know, like on them, because he's got these strategies. He he'll try to buy five of one ticket, and it's it's hysterical. They go for the little number that's on the ticket. Yeah, because I I see people. What is it in then? Is it in in the one? Or, yes. In, in. I want that one. No, I don't want that one. That's exactly what he does. He and he yeah. tells you why, like if it's the end of the roll or whatever. Or, um, but yeah, so like I'm holding it up to the computer right now. So yeah, I gotta go watch that. I watch him at night. There's something about it that's relaxing too. It's like the sound of the. And then I I learn new tickets that I like want to try. <laughs> See, so. You know, Texas Motor Speedway had a ticket last year. Oh, yeah, I off. played it several times up here. Never Did won on it either. No, I was pissed. I was like, damn That's it. Not good. Okay, That's not good. so I was going to tell you really quickly, you know, since we, we did this last week too, uh, according to Odds Checker, okay. um, I was looking. So you picked Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he's, his odds are plus 750. Um, okay. So he's got. So it says the implied chance is an eleven point eight percent chance that he could okay. win. Wow. And then you said Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick is plus two thousand. 
So his odds are 4.8% or his chance of a uh, percentage. And then Harrison's not even in there. So Kyle Larson is your odds winner at plus 350. He's got a 22.2% chance. But you know what? I'm going to look at, I'm not going to look at anything. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin because I just feel like Denny is hungry oh, and he needs a win. He does need it, Don. Um, I'm going to say Denny Hamlin for the win. You know, you said Kevin Harvick as your, and, and I know it's so stupid because we say long shots, but, and there was a time when Harvick, you would always go with Harvick at, at Phoenix. Oh, wow. I mean, that was like Love a given. Yeah. Harvick and Jimmy Johnson, those were two like givens. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to say Ross Chastain because he's going to, he's riding a high right now. And then my long, long shot, I'm going to say his teammate. Oh, wait, do I want to do that? Do I want to go Daniel? I kind of want to go Daniel because again, I feel like this is like a home track for him, but you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to go with another guy that, that needs a good finish and a, or, or a win. I'm going to say Kurt Busch. As oh, my yeah. long, long shot. Uh, he's been kind of having some, you know, him and Bubba both were coming from the back there for a while uh, mm. in Vegas. But so I'll say Denny, Ross, and Kurt Bush. Good picks. All right. Well, I hope you win on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Me and too. I hope I win on one of mine. <laughs> yeah. And, and besides, I got to go change my lineup too or figure that I out. See if I made a comeback after screwing it up. So I dropped a third in your, your league. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like almost down to the bottom, because, but that's because I only had three guys racing because I took everybody out of my lineup and couldn't put them back. I was screwed. We'll see what happens. But any any big plans other than watching racing this weekend, Mike? Oh, uh, other than watching college basketball, I'm, I'm kind of interested in some of these tournaments. Uh, I watched Duke tonight. They won, and uh, North Carolina is playing Vir Virginia Tech right now. I've got the game on, and I'm just looking forward to March Mad Madness. Uh big tournament coming up i always get real excited about college basketball i do too and you know i used to do like do the picks and stuff and i haven't or do your bracket we used to have a track yeah. smack bracket maybe i need to do that again speaking of duke and north carolina they played last week at the same time as uh that the race was on and for another week the ratings were up compared to this time last year they would have raced at or last last week last year they would have raced at homestead so the ratings were up compared to that and the ratings for the race were the highest of all sports watched over the weekend which included beating out and that's a huge game north carolina yeah. and duke so that's 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 well, huge that was uh coach k's last um of uh, home uh, uh, game at the um, at Duke, yeah. they had a big ceremony and everything. It was a big hype, and and they got beat by North Carolina. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> it was great. All right. Well, I don't have any big plans either, so I'm just gonna lay around and do nothing and enjoy it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And then we'll, we'll uh, do a preview uh, of Texas, uh, and I'll see you next week. I can't wait next weekend. It looks like so. Yes, I cannot wait. We'll f yeah. I'll figure out figure out what we're gonna what to bring, what to wear. I, again, I always tell people pack everything from a bikini top to a parka. Although, Mike, I don't think that you're gonna look that great in a bikini top. I'm just saying. No, no not 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 right now. <laughs> but I think it's gonna be in the 40s in the morning, and I think both days Saturday's a little cooler, mid mid 70s, and then I think it's 75 76 degrees for the high on Sunday. Sunny both days, so we looks like rain won't be a factor. 
that could change, but um, I think we're going to be in store for some pretty good weather. And it's a daytime race. It's, it's you know, 11.30 start. It'll be over by, what, 1 o'clock? Yeah. We'll be out of there. Well, Mike, I can't wait to see you next week, and we'll be doing Facebook Lives, and, you know, we'll we'll do some stuff out there as well. Um, we'll take all of our equipment and figure out. We do that all the time. We take the equipment, and then we really don't set up and do a podcast, but we'll figure out. Maybe on Saturday we okay. might do something. Saturday we ought to do something. Okay. We ought to. We ought to do something on Saturday. So. We ought to do something. <laughs> okay maybe we'll do something special on saturday we'll do our own it'll be a smack cast that's what we'll do an indie car smack cast because we'll have track smack that means we have to record early in the week for track smack then next week this week i'll be able to do that okay perfect all right mike well oh you know what though i might be working <laughs> okay well we'll have to touch base on that. <laughs> i just thought about that i know a couple of nights this week i'm working late but we'll figure it out right. we'll get it we'll done it. We, we will get it done so all right guys you have a, yourselves a great week as well enjoy phoenix and we'll touch base with you next week This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.